0: Hi, I'm Nagin Seyrafi. Thank you for tuning in. Today, I want to share with you a reading of a personal essay that I wrote called Things We Don't Talk About. It's really a piece of writing dedicated to the secrets within all of us, the truths that we choose not to share. In a recent conversation, a dear friend and I bonded over surprisingly similar family struggles both of us shocked and hurt by what the other has had to endure. We found solace in our shared pain and questioned why it took us so long to open up. Our experience is not uncommon. Even amongst family and close friends, sometimes especially amongst family and close friends, we mindfully leave out important details or opt out of sharing our experiences altogether. There are things we don't talk about at dinner parties, on social media, in private conversations with friends, experiences and truths we keep hidden, like handwritten notes, safely tucked away between the pages of a book we know we will never read again. In sharing only what feels appropriate, safe, comfortable, or absolutely necessary, we have diluted the vulnerability and intimacy that is integral to our species' survival concealing human fragments that have the power to connect us beyond our physical, cultural, spiritual, social, ideological, and political distinctions. In this way, we are alone together, each holding on to something that could be used to build a bridge between us, and yet, there's so much space. Sometimes I wonder how the earth can hold the weight of the stories we collectively choose not to share. The hurts we cover up with turtlenecks, unsent email drafts, and fickle plans. Perhaps the wildfires, the oceans, and the respiratory virus are all symbolic of the same thing. Our collective denial of what needs to be acknowledged, healed, and restored. We are living in silos, separated by the things we choose not to share and the little white lies that uphold the illusion of, everything's fine. Maybe that's why one small tug on the loose string hanging from the blanket of our reality sets us spiraling down the roller coaster of self-doubt. Am I a good parent? Am I a good partner? Am I an imposter? Who am I? If our identities are the culmination of DNA, our ancestors' dreams, and the intricate moments that make up our lives, we must be equally made up of parts unknown. We are all that we are, skin, bones, cells, and undisclosed memories. We keep things to ourselves because we want to preserve our sense of self, because we need to maintain our place in the world and feel a sense of safety, because we want to protect the people we love. We keep things to ourselves for fear of judgment and rejection, because we are not ready to confront or bear the consequences of our own truths. What good are these secrets? Things we don't talk about make homes inside of us. They grow like weeds in the garden of our memories. Sometimes they keep us up in the middle of the night, unraveling between the sheets. They manifest as physical pain in the chest, in the hips, in the throat, in the shoulders, in the heart. Things left unsaid create oceans between lovers and friends. Spanning across physical space and imagined time, In the words of Lebanese-American poet Khalil Gibran, between what is said and not meant, and what is meant and not said, most of love is lost. We pay a price for carrying what is meant to be released. The price is our peace of mind, our well-being, and our capacity to experience and share profound love. The irony of human existence is that our deepest desire is to feel loved, Connected and liberated, yet our greatest fear lies in being seen for who we truly are. It is the great paradox of our kind, one that has led many to seek and abuse power in order to fill a void that can only be filled with deep, intentional, and meaningful connection. Who would I be if I let you see all of me? Is that what it means to be free? Our desire for connection is only surpassed by our need for self preservation. If I let you see all of me, then I am exposed, less in control and more vulnerable than I would like to be. When you ask me how I'm doing, I will say, I'm well. Whether I'm grieving, heartbroken, depressed, or running out of money, I will say I am well because that way, neither you nor I will have to face the reality of the present moment. And there's something oddly comforting in that. When I let myself dream about different realities, I imagine a world where our truths can be shared, where lovers and friends can tell each other they are feeling defeated, sad, depressed, anxious, lost or alone, without concerning themselves with what the other person might think or how they may react. I found a note I wrote to myself in an old journal that read, We are usually one courageous conversation away from almost everything we want. This has been true for me. I have never regretted a courageous conversation, but I have certainly regretted avoiding them. Holding back my truth has never served me well, nor has it served the people in my life. We fail to realize that holding back our truth has consequences too. Perhaps subconsciously, we are more aware and afraid of the consequences of sharing because they tend to be more immediate, whereas the consequences of withholding are easier to defer and ignore. Holding back our truths can be more harmful than sharing our truths, because when we avoid being real, we contribute to co-creating a distorted reality, widening the gap between internal and external worlds. And in the long run, nothing is more dangerous than upholding illusions, because what we believe to be true is the foundation upon which we build our entire lives, I wish we could be liberated from the complexities of coexisting. I wish I could look into my father's eyes, hold both of his hands in mine and say, you made some mistakes. You don't have to carry the shame. I forgive you and I love you. Every time I think I have amassed enough courage to turn to him and speak, my body tenses up and I lose my voice entirely. In these moments, I feel so far from him even if we are sitting only a few feet apart. I know there are things he wants to say to me too. I can feel it like thick molasses every time I try to breathe in his presence. Our attempts at meaningful connection include sharing a meal, discussing the political climate, watching a movie, and then saying our goodbyes, only to meet the week after and do it all over again. I am grateful for the time we get to spend together, and I trust that what we need to share with one another will eventually emerge. But until then, I wonder what our lives would be like if we could name and heal the chasm between us. What do humans need, individually and collectively, to lean into tenderness? How can we heal our wounds if we are unwilling to acknowledge them? Why do we have such a difficult time accepting one another? When I ask these questions, I imagine the person who has to hide their identity from their family. I imagine the woman who cannot tell her partner that she does not want to be a mother. I imagine siblings or friends who have let decades of hurt linger between them, so much so that the idea of reaching out to say hello feels impossible. I know from personal experience that one can be surrounded by people, belong to a community, practice togetherness, yet still feel so deeply alone. I don't believe that we can transform loneliness by simply being together, by sharing space and engaging in meaningful conversations. I think the necessary antidote to loneliness is intimacy, honesty, and unconditional love. Can we find our way back to ourselves? Back to each other? As long as we fear judgment, rejection, and our own feelings, we will be actors in our own lives. Letting someone in, sharing ourselves entirely, letting there be no secrets, no resentments, no pretending, that would expose us far more than hiding behind the veil of performative intimacy. The armor we embody is what protects us from experiencing pain, and in the same breath, holds us back from the depth of love We have the capacity to give and to receive. Human beings are not vaults. We are vessels, channels for consciousness, creation, connection, and contribution. For our capacity to be realized, for intimacy to take place, we need the current of energy moving within us to be both grounded and liberated, flowing effortlessly to us, from us, And around us. When we hold back our truths, we unconsciously create blocks in the energy system that makes up the entire universe. Intimacy requires a commitment to vulnerability and healing that is not bound by time, one that demands presence, courage, and humility. We have to remember that we are not creating something new. We are returning to ourselves and to each other. It is a process as miraculous and natural as the newborn infant who somehow instinctively knows, without having opened their eyes, that the way to survive this life is to find a mother's nipple and consume the nectar of life. We too can find our way. We can choose to be more open and more real, and let honesty and vulnerability become the fertile soil for the love we so desperately want to feel. We can build bridges that reconnect us with the ones we love. We can feel less alone and experience more intimacy by sharing the parts of us that want to hide. In doing so, we create space for others to do the same. Vulnerability is the invitation to the sacred temple of truth and reconciliation. What will it take for you to step inside? Thank you for your time and presence, and for subscribing to my podcast. I send monthly emails where I share stories, teachings, insights, and frameworks to help us transform the way we live, work, relate, and create. Visit my website, naginserafi.com, and subscribe to become a part of my growing community. Until next time, be well and in love.